Welcome to Nutrition Unmeasured, a podcast for dietitians, students, but also parents, caregivers, and everyone in between looking for non-restrictive, body-inclusive ways to be nourished and live well. Hosted by me, Gina Forster, an anti-diet registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor from Columbus, Ohio. Go Bucks! Welcome back to the Nutrition Unmeasured podcast. I'm Gina Forster. This is episode three, and it is a deep dive into the 10 principles of intuitive eating. I figured if I was going to start a podcast on intuitive eating, well, I've talked about it plenty on previous previous episodes that Nicole and I did together in the past. I thought it would be a good idea to take a deep dive, a deep-ish dive into each of the 10 principles in case you're unaware uh, of course, I always recommend you know purchasing the book if you're interested. There's actually a lot of great books uh, that at least uh, use the intuitive eating framework. Um, of course, there's just the one intuitive eating book by Evelyn Tripoli and Elise Resch, or at least there's four editions, but they have a specific book. But there's plenty of other books that use the intuitive eating body trust, body acceptance framework uh, that I can recommend as well. Uh, but I uh, have read the intuitive eating edition four not too long ago, because it was the one that came out in March of 2020. And that's what I'm really using uh, to get this recap on the 10 principles, as well as what I use when I meet with people one-on-one, the intuitive eating workbook, which I find to be very useful. You can use uh, the worksheets in there to do some deep thinking and journaling, et cetera. So when, when Nicole and I used to podcast, we would always do updates since last time. And I do believe that people really enjoyed that. I am a mom of two. And so I like to share just about what's going on with me as a mom, me and my life. So hopefully you don't mind that. If you you really could care less, that's fine too. And you can go ahead and fast forward uh, to the good content. But just a little recap since last time, you know, it's July 3rd. I'm actually recording this a little bit ahead of time, but tomorrow is July 4th. Really exciting. Uh, We actually you know, where I live, July 4th is like the biggest holiday of the year. So we'll see what's going to go down. Uh, We may or may not have people over. We usually do. And then we usually go to a friend's house. It's just a long day of starting with a parade. We get donuts. Uh, Then we go to a couple parties. We have people over at our house. It'll just be long and exhausting, but also loads of fun. And then Oh, meanwhile, in the back of my mind, I'm actually starting a new job on Thursday, which is wild. Um, yeah, I haven't started a, a new job in 10 years, if that says anything. And the job that I'm in previ- or currently is one, again, that I've had for 10 years. It was my really my second, I would say, quote unquote, real job as a dietitian. I It was 2013 when I got this job and I was coming out of being a retail dietitian. I worked for Giant Eagle grocery stores. If you are from the Midwest or even the East Coast, you may have heard of Giant Eagle. It's based out of Pittsburgh. Uh, But I was one of the first retail dietitians for Giant Eagle stores. What a fun job that was while it lasted. I was there for three years, but then since then or after that, I, I, I got my job where I am now at a university, which has been also so much fun and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of tears. It's just a whole new chapter. I just really wanted to spend more time on my business. And the only way I could do that was to find another job. And so, yeah, I'm starting that on Thursday. Oh, wish me luck. Um, send me well wishes if you could, because I'm going to need them because it's it's just, it's it's going to be rough. I, I, I truly believe. I mean, a great, great 
uh, opportunity that I have, you know, the new job I'm going to, which hopefully I'll talk about at some point, but just also, it's just really bittersweet, I think is what I'm trying to say. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and, and jump in and talk a little bit about what is intuitive eating. And this is really directly from the, the book. It says, intuitive eating is a self-care eating framework which integrates instinct, emotion, and rational thought when choosing what and how much to eat. And it was created by two dietitians, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch back in 1995. Intuitive eating is a weight-inclusive, evidence-based model with a validated assessment scale and over 100 studies to date, many of which have actually been done at The Ohio State University, right where I live. The cornerstone of intuitive eating is self-care and satisfaction. The focus is on body trust and really relearning how to let your body be your guide in making food choices. There's no rules with intuitive eating, and there's really no end goal either. Intuitive eating is a journey. It's something that you'll do for the rest of your life, a journey you'll be on for the rest of your life a journey to self-acceptance, food peace, and truly ending the war with your body. So we'll start with principle one. There's 10 principles. Uh, principle one is reject the diet mentality. Did you know that it's actually dieting and restricting that is the biggest predictor of weight gain? And here's the thing. It's not even about the weight. As I've said, you know, weight, in my mind, it really it, it matters not, especially not for your health. But the irony is that the more we try to restrict and control our weight, the more our body pushes back. We all have a set point weight where our body feels the most comfortable. Uh, and most likely, believe it or not, that weight is, is, is just not within the BMI that our society has us believing is quote unquote best. Uh, so all, most of our set point weights aren't you know less than 25. It's just so arbitrary. And that's okay. By rejecting diet mentality, you're also rejecting the idea that your body needs controlled, that your body signals need ignored, and that you must adhere to a certain body shape and size. Uh, you're finally starting to realize your body and you know what's best for you, not an arbitrary diet or celebrity-sponsored fix. All right, so moving on to principle two, which is honor your hunger. This principle starts you down the path, I would say, of getting back in tune with those signals your body has been giving you, that it needs nourished. It's also called body attunement. They use that phrase a lot throughout the book, uh, becoming in tune with your body. Diet culture has us all believing that ignoring our hunger with, by you know, trying to suppress it with mints and gargle or chewing gum, who knows, you know, there's so many things out there that that is what's best for our body. But that is so far from the truth. If you've been restricting for years, your body may not even give these signals anymore. They probably, your body may have actually given up. But the thing is, they can come back. This principle discusses the importance of self-care and reacquainting with your body's signals and starting to really take them seriously. Nourishing our body with foods that are filling and satisfying can keep us full and energized, but continuing to nourish your body every four to five hours is important to sustain that energy and to keep you well. All right, principle three. Try to take a little sip of water there. Make peace with food. I say this all the time, but this is I, maybe my favorite principle. I'm starting to change a little bit, but just because it's all about giving yourself unconditional permission to eat, which of course can be incredibly scary. 
Have you ever even considered giving yourself unconditional permission to eat all foods? Like I said, it can be scary. It can be intimidating. And it really sounds like the opposite of healthy, right? Uh, But the thing is that when foods are eaten with full permission, they don't have the same pull and you don't have the same drive to eat them that you once did. When you eat a food that was once considered bad and you tell yourself you can have it whenever you want, the urgency is just not there anymore. So eat it until you're content, stop, and then know that you can eat it again if you want. So this principle discusses the idea of habituation, which is when you're exposed to something over and over, and then eventually it's just not that exciting anymore, or you start to ignore, you stop, start to ignore it. Like when you're on a, a dry, you know, your, your route from work to your home, for example, there's probably lots of signs that you've, you've, you ignore at this point because you've seen them so many times. This takes time but it does happen if you allow it to. Uh, And and I want to be clear, though, that this doesn't mean that pizza is no longer going to be exciting or enticing, but it does mean that when you're around it, you eat it in a way that is more mindful and brings on more satisfaction versus eating quickly and urgently because you have no idea when you'll be able to enjoy it again. All right, principle four is challenge the food police. The food police are everywhere, and they entered our life most likely very early, Uh, whether it was the things we learned to eat and not to eat as kids from our caregivers, or it's from social media, or the voices that affect our thoughts and beliefs about food in our body, um, in TV shows, whatever, it's inescapable. In fact, I will tell a quick story. I was, before getting on this, this podcast, my daughter was watching a show I might as well tell you the name of it. It's called, um, oh my gosh, now I can't think of it. Uh, Victorious, Victorious. If you've heard of it, if your daughter watches it, I I think I'm not a fan. I I was watching it with her and just the way they talked about, uh, there was just one character on there. They were talking about how he he was a complete loser. And of course he, you know, was in a larger body. And I'm thinking, He's the only character that has a larger body and they're calling him a loser. It just was a terrible, subtle message that I didn't like. All they talk about is beauty and looks. And I, I, I started watching it with her and I'm like, what am I letting you watch? So I told her, I said, Paige, you're done. You're not watching this anymore. And actually, I have to say she did not put up a fight like I thought she would, but it just was a good reminder that I need to pay atten- more attention to the things that my children are watching. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I had to jump in there. Uh, Not to say that if your kids watch that, it's bad. I just choose at this point not to let Paige watch it. She's probably honestly seen quite a few of those episodes, but we're we're done at this point. Uh, So anyway, here's the thing. You can learn to tune those voices out um, and have your own thoughts, your own unique thoughts and opinions that are more neutral and kind. I'm a fan of this idea of the three C's, C as in cat, (laughs) Okay, or let me tell you what those three C's are. Catch, check, and change. And I told Paige about this recently, and she really has been using this as well. So catch a thought or belief when it's happening. Check it to see if it's actually true or if it's just a story that you're contriving or if it's based on some you know food police rule. And then change it with something more kind or neutral. So catch, check, and change. The examples here are endless, but this principle is important for making your self-talk more kind and really getting to the bottom of your current thoughts about food and your body. 
All right. Principle five is discover the satisfaction factor. The book Reclaiming Body Trust, which I am still reading, and it is one of my favorite books of all time. I can't wait to do a deep dive on that book with you at some point. It said this quote, reclaiming pleasure is an act of resistance in a culture that has made indulgence a quote unquote dirty word. Let me read that again. Reclaiming pleasure is an act of resistance in a culture that has made indulgence a quote unquote dirty word. When was the last time you thought about what sounded good when you were trying to decide what to eat? Diet culture has us first thinking about calories or points or how much we ate earlier or what the label says. But guess what? Satisfaction should be one of the first things you consider when you start feeling those subtle cues of hunger. You know, first you want to find out what do I have access to? What do I have access to? And what can I get now that I'm hungry? After that, what sounds good? You know, out of the things that I do have access to, what sounds the best? Do I want something hot, cold, crunchy, smooth, savory, sweet? What sounds good to me in this moment? Your satisfaction in the food you choose will play a role in how filling it actually is, how soon you seek food again afterwards. We forget how important satisfaction is. All right, principle six is feel your fullness. By the time you reach this principle, you'll have practiced self-care, ditching diets, questioning beliefs and rules, and really starting to tune into your body. Feel your fullness explores what it feels like to be full and satisfied just as you would have guessed probably, right? Eating when hungry is important, but also knowing when you've had enough. This is not to say we won't ever eat past comfortable fullness. We will, it happens. But with this principle, we start to understand what fullness and contentment feels like and how food tastes when we're reaching that fullness. Just a little hint, it doesn't taste as good when you're officially full and your body is content. All right, principle seven is a long one. Cope with your emotions with kindness, but I've got a lot to say about this one. All right, so with this principle, you do not learn that eating in response to emotions is bad. No, that's because we'll always eat in response to emotions at times. It happens. Think about the last time you celebrated a big win or a job promotion or even experienced the emotion of a loss of a family member. There's always food. The difference now is that food is not your only method or tool for coping with stress or emotions. This principle takes all the things you've learned throughout the other principles and brings them together. You're now engaging in more self-care, allowing yourself food with full permission, and making more time for yourself without guilt. It's now that you start to truly understand the importance of saying no when you have to and not considering it selfish. We're humans. We have needs. It's time for you to accept that and be okay with that. And that takes a lot of practice, by the way. If we don't meet our basic needs and beyond, we'll find we're more readily dealing with strong emotions. And when we aren't taking care of ourselves, we're more likely to turn to food instead of other things when we're in an emotional situation. Self-compassion, which is discussed throughout every principle of intuitive eating, really comes into play as well as, as well in coping with your emotions with kindness. So talking to yourself in a kind, kind way, talking to yourself like you would talk with your best friend. You know, if you 
ate something or made a mistake at work? And how would you respond to your your child if they did something like that? You would respond kindly, I would hope, or with empathy, right? And we just we've got, we've moved away from talking to ourselves like that. Be kind to yourself as you would to anyone. After all, we should be our own best friend, right? I read the quote once, it's more important to ask why you are eating than what you are eating. You know, our society has us thinking that the most important thing is what you put in your mouth, but maybe it's more important to ask yourself why you're eating foods. Okay. Uh, I think that's really stuck with me for a while. So if eating food or certain foods are your only coping mechanism, your only coping tool, this is where we learn and start to expand those tools. All right, principle eight is respect your body. At this point, you've already done one of the most important things on your journey of body respect, and that is giving up diets and restriction and letting go of the control and handing it over to your body. When people hear about intuitive eating and body respect, sometimes they think it means giving up on your body. But in an interview I did with Christina Bruce, who will actually be on the podcast um, actually in a couple months, she works with people on respecting and accepting their body. She reminded us that body respect and acceptance isn't about giving up. It's about no longer resisting. Really good interview we did with her uh, probably in 2022, which I will link in the show notes. Really worth a listen. This principle reminds you that when someone talks bad about you or if someone talks to someone in a, in a negative way that you care for as you're listening or you, you know, hear through the grapevine that so-and-so said something about so-and-so that you care about a lot, your response that you have, that response of anger, is similar to the response that you have when you talk to yourself that way. So why do we do it? You don't have to look in the mirror every day and repeat affirmations of self-love. Okay, but you can gain helpful tools for handling those moments or days you just don't like what you see. Body respect isn't about always loving your body, but being loving towards it as much as you can. Principle nine, movement, feel the difference. This principle explores your relationship with movement and exercise. Do you find yourself exercising even when you don't feel physically able? Or do you find yourself never moving or engaging in joyful movement? These are things we explore in this principle. Also, what motivates you to move? If your motivation is based on changing your body and that's it, you're more likely to give up when you don't see the results you want. If your motivation is based on how you feel and how your body feels, that will keep you going for a lifetime. Principle 10, the last principle, is honor your health with gentle nutrition. You know, I I mentioned this in the last episode. I don't necessarily go in order when I work with clients and when I did my own intuitive eating work, you know, years ago. Uh, But I will say this principle is always last. Okay, so again, not necessarily important to go in order, but it is important for this one to be last because After years of dieting and rules, it can be really hard to start thinking about nutrition in a more neutral way without, you know, it it can be hard to to hear these guidelines without turning them into rules, essentially. So gentle nutrition can be explained as easing your way into nutrition. 
And it's when you start to intertwine that inner body attunement in those external health values and guidelines. They can finally be intertwined. No longer are you just thinking about satisfaction and access and what will keep you full and what your body will respond best to. But now you start to consider those health health recommendations at least a little bit more than before. I did a great interview with Elise Resch, one of the co-founders of Intuitive Eating on this last principle because I get a lot of questions about it. And I will link that in the show notes as well. Really, really a great, a great interview. One of our, I would say one of our best interviews from the three years that we had that Dietitian's Dish podcast. So I'll put that link in the show notes. All right. Those were the 10 principles. I'm going to end today's episode uh, with a favorite new product like I like we always did. All right, guys. I know cottage cheese, you probably are thinking disgusting. I personally think cottage cheese is delicious. I, I sometimes forget about it. You know, those things that you love, but you sometimes just forget about. For me, it's grapefruit. <laughs> cottage cheese is another one of those things. So they now they they make the daisy cottage cheese with fruit cups. I will say they are better than any yogurt with fruit that I've ever had. They also have active live and active cultures in them. They've got tons of protein. They're the perfect mix of savory and sweet. I will say they do, in my opinion, tend to be a little pricey, but uh, what isn't anymore? Uh, but a nice little treat, uh, something that if your kids would love, I haven't actually tried giving these to my kids. I ate, I ate one in front of them the other day to, to see if they'd be intrigued. They were not. But one day they're going to try it and they're going to see how delicious it is. But I like, I really like the one with blueberry. I believe they also have strawberry and pineapple and one other flavor, but I can't think of it. But just so good. The mixture of that fruit with that savory cottage cheese is just one of my new favorite things. All right, that's it for today. Until next time, treat yourself with the respect you deserve and be the best friend to yourself that you've always wanted. Reach out to me at any time on Instagram at Nutrition Unmeasured or via email at trustyourbodyrd at gmail.com. Be well. Be well.